0: Hey, this is Frank Bello from Anthrax, and you're listening to Middle-Age Metalheads. Turn it up!
1: Good evening, and welcome to episode number 114 of the Middle-Age Metalheads. Tonight, this afternoon, it's John Harden, Michael Stamps, Colin Mosler, and actually in the evening, David Timoney over there Mm -hmm. on the Emerald Isle, and tonight this afternoon we are going to talk about 19 (laughs) i just have to keep correcting we got a whole bunch of stuff going on tonight we got all the time zones and we're already punchy i'll tell you that right now folks we're already punchy it's going to be an interesting episode so we're going to review the year in metal 1990 moving into the decade after our favorite decade and like I said, I think, uh, I have to be honest, uh, we're, we're already starting with each other. I think some of our choices for that year are going to uh, have some good conversation. Not everything's going to be popular, but uh, I think it should be fun. So, I believe we always start off with what we were doing in 1990, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or do you want to so. start? Or do you want to start with the week in metal? Which would you guys prefer to do?
2: Let's start with the week in metal.
0: Right. Who wants to start off with their weekend in Metal? Oh, let's go, Colin, let's go. You, go ahead. You got, you got to go, man, because you, we were talking about this last week.
1: Okay, then, then I'll start off. So my Week in Metal is a review of the show I saw last week. I saw four bands at Reverb in Reading. It was Seven Spires, Visions of Atlantis, Firewind, and Dragon Force. And, uh, and I, I want to... I, Colin, before you get
2: into this, yes. that Visions of Atlantis band, whoo. Yeah, suck. Yeah.
1: That's <laughs> well, but I'm I'm, I'm going to dig it a little bit a right. little bit into the yeah. uh, and I was and I was
3: just going to say that the name sucked.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, the, the name sounds like a 1991 Genesis game. Yeah. <laughs> like it was. it's like <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, by, by, maybe it is apropos. It's, a nice, yes, it's, it's like a, it's
0: like a rich married couple who was like, "We should start a metal band." But like air supply.
2: Let's let's start with Steppensteins.
1: So, well, let me just—I have to set the scene real quick. So, anyway, so we—so as you, I mean, you know, we've all been to hundreds and hundreds of shows. So, there's always a, a particular vibe. This vibe was very much like Comic Con. We we pull in, and I had no idea that the crowd would be young that would they would be so much into anime and and sword play and video games i mean this was people were walking around in pajamas they had the, the <laughs> minecraft right,
2: swords like kingdom hearts
1: it, it was it they're was a furries. Furry, yeah they're, they're furries they had uh, the backpacks with all the little things hanging off of them and they had their minecraft swords and they had the hats with ears on them and i mean it was a it was very much like a, a comic-con vibe which i was not expecting so we we get in there we get settled in uh i thought seven spires was very good they have a a very uh, what i call symphonic orchestral type metal approach i i thought that they were there were a lot of uh, fun good opener very strong i'm hoping to get them uh, on the program perhaps in june or july but i we were off to a good start again this was now going to be the vibe i just wasn't sure where it, where it was going to be but that's that was going to be the vibe visions of atlantis is pirate metal very much, you know, <laughs> every song very similar. It was n- not necessarily my favorite part of the evening. Um, the crowd loved them, though. The, the crowd really responded to them. Firewood. Are they, they
2: decked out like pirates, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They the have whole the, deal.
1: The, the dude looks like Jack Sparrow. You know, she's oh the, the lead singer, the lady's wearing the frilly, you know, I'm not a pirate, Ooh. you know, the shirt and all that jazz. Um, oh, yeah. And then in the
2: back, they have the ships on the, the video screen, you know, and the waves. God, and everything stuff. about this seems like I'd like it. And then I heard the music and I was like, nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, it's it's, you know, yeah, the pirate vibe was was where we where we went that there. Mm. Um, and Firewind was the, the second, uh, excuse me, third in line. Gus G plays for Firewind. He was amazing Ooh. to see live. Gus G, he's done a lot of, he did Ozzy's album. He played with Ozzy, his, yeah. And that that Scream album, I think, was his. And uh, he's done a lot of other European bands. He's been around for a while. And uh, he was very <laughs> good, uh, very strong, a lot of riff, a lot of riffage there. And, and uh, the singer did a nice job with Firewind. They had the, the more Viking-esque. Feel lots of embers from the fires and the torches and things. <laughs> and, you know, have fun storming the castle kind of vibe. Um, and then Dragon Force came out and they had big arcade games on the stage and it showed all these old eighties and nineties arcade games at, at high speed. And the two guitarists were climbing all over the place. And they had uh, the, the air cannons and they had confetti and they had. I mean, it was it was it was a fun night. I just I don't know if I'd call it metal. It was just a very. Mm. Uh, very gathering. gathering.
2: It was it was it was a it was a gathering. Someone needs was, to was... tell Dragon Force. I mean, all props to them for playing <laughs> like they're playing Wembley Stadium, but you sent us a picture where Herman Lee's on top of those arcade games. Yes. And his head's around three inches away from the sprinkler system in the building. Yes. Yes. Like he's basically playing it like a public library, but he's like, you know, like this <laughs> oh, show yeah. is not oh, changing. That's... Like, <laughs> like okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're hunched over on top of the games, but you know, it was such a fun, fun crowd. Um, lots of, uh, again, just alternative styles of, of living and and all sorts of different, uh, you know, conversations that again were just unusual for what we've been through in, in the average metal arena. But it was it was a fun time. Do I need to see Dragon Force again? No, I've seen them now. But but they were on my list of bands <laughs> to check out. So now once once and done, I I, I I feel pretty good that I saw them.
3: Oh, Dra- Dragon Force that, w- that was the band that played uh, the, you know the Judas Priest band in the Mark Wahlberg film Rockstar or is that Steel oh, Dragon that's Steel Dragon that's Steel Dragon, Steel Dragon yeah yep right and that's not that's not a real band
2: no 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 Mark it's Wahlberg it. is huh? not in a metal band cool okay <laughs> okay
3: I thought it was a documentary
1: <laughs> <laughs> my life in the Judas Priest cover band <laughs>
3: Awesome, and, and, and again, if people haven't been to the Reverb at Ready, that's that's a good venue for for just the sort of thing that Colin was describing. There, like lots of bands coming together, lots of generations coming together, people like who are all you know all 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 spots on the spectrum there of of metal and, and all these sort of like intersections of uh, of pop culture. Um, very very entertaining little venue if you need to get to reading uh, yeah just once. if you're looking for low
2: ceilings and a possible fire trap we got the place for you <laughs> yep they got that too yes <laughs> david I, okay i know news takes longer to get to
0: ireland what is your weekend in metal dude you know what i was reading this and i thought of you john um I I, I I would like to say I'm not
2: sure how Ghost became my band, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, well, <laughs> but you're welcome.
3: 15
2: well, years is. into their career, suddenly I've got a new you can band. have them. <laughs> I don't dislike that new album. I actually John's, think it's pretty good. Like John's
0: best friend uh, Tobias Forge was recently in a in a, an interview, and uh, you know what? I just, I'm reading this, and I'm like, is this why? Is this the reason? Because he's describing the writing of the new record. And everything about it, I'm like, this just sounds like it's going to be horrible. But then he kind of like pulls back the curtain, and I and all of a sudden it's like, this is why it's going to be horrible, right? Here's a quote from, the, from this article. Going into this record, I thought I would see if I could do it a little more like Def Leppard did it where every song starts with one thing then a verse then a pre-chorus that feels like a chorus then there's another pre-chorus and another thing and finally after like five different sections comes the chorus in a completely different key <laughs> and then is that he how jeff leopard writes songs
3: Very <laughs> yes, that's in,
0: yeah. apparently um he says this as if it's a compliment and i'm thinking to myself like is this the reason that john likes this new record is that I he can't put trying. my finger on it. You know, I shared that record with, with Hollywood Dan, and he loves it. Like, he's really into it, too. I think I the new back. album is very good. I went back and tried to listen to this, and I had to go back to the first record again to re- try to figure out why I liked Ghost. Yeah. I just don't like it. I I want to hear him it's sing about enough. Satan and blood. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I want. You know yeah. i want to i i like that. they should put
2: a sticker on the new album at walmart like now with less satan and they're just <laughs> flying off the shelves like 63
0: yeah. percent less Satan yeah. no <laughs> i mean i just want like i want to to think that maybe they're a little crazy yeah Not that they're just like I, I marketing It might
2: be i just uh you know the dark lord oh, figures less into the new mix
0: yeah i don't like it i don't like it anyway i just wanted to bring that up because it was like part of it was like an interesting idea like there was that there was a rumor going around when Celtic Frost did Cold Lake that somebody was saying that he was trying to make a record that sounded like docking, which I thought was really funny um but now this is like another one of those like we tried to write a, a record like this other band and I just think to myself like you should have picked a better band
2: Look at the sales, man! Look at the sales. It's selling. It's huge. Yeah, it sold sixty-three thousand copies in the first week. That's like two and a half grocery stores. I mean, that's you know,
1: (laughs) for where music is today, that's a pretty
0: solid outing. You know, I I like Ghost. I just I, they they're losing me. They're lose. Just go back to loving Satan, and we can be friends again. Yeah. Just put Meliora back on, and you'll be good. I think the new album is catchy. I,
1: I like it, it. too. Yeah.
2: All right, my weekend metal. I struggled with the weekend metal this week. Didn't seem like there was a bunch going on. Uh, there was a, like a bunch of half-ass stories. David put out a, a note today saying that uh, Alice Cooper tickets are going on sale. So that's that's my story. Is <laughs> Alice Cooper's taking his road show back out uh, in the fall? Uh, he has a couple of shows to do before then. In April, he has a bunch of dates that I think were dates that were pushed for COVID. And uh, Buck Cherry is opening some of those. And Ace Fraley is opening some of those. Uh, they were touring together for a while. and uh, But he's going back out on the Detroit Muscle Tour, September 7th, uh, Muscle, starting in Bethlehem, PA. Nice. And uh, ending in Vegas on October 8th. So if you want to see Alice Cooper, he is back out on the road. And I I mean, how old is Alice now? Oh, geez. 75 or something. something. Yeah. I mean, if you have not seen Alice Cooper, you should. Because his shows are really fun. They're great. But yeah, I mean, it's got to be close to the time where this isn't going to be happening much anymore, I would think. Um, but I gotta say, like the like last that. time I saw him, he still, it sounded great. The yeah, show yeah. was great. Like it, it didn't miss a beat. You know, Colin, mm-hmm. Colin, Colin mentioned he was probably going to skip this time around because it's become sort of like kiss where it's almost the same set list year after year. He goes out a lot of the same set gags and things like that. But if you haven't seen it, I'd say it's worth going. It's, oh, a, it's a cool show. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, and again, especially if you haven't seen him, um, you might not have any, a few more, many more chances at all. Yeah. So, and, he's, and I think he's definitely doing like some of those uh, monsters of rock cruises and things like that. He has been.
2: Yeah, but I, w- I would think on those, you don't get the full experience. I can't imagine he brings the entire show. No, yeah there's no, there's no, there's no room to on the, the boats for boat. something like that.
3: No. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's kind of it's it's a little more stripped <laughs> down. Yeah, which yeah. which which would be again kind of maybe not the point of going to see a full Alice Cooper spectacular. Yeah,
2: go and go and see him in your local boat show auditorium. Get the guillotine. Get you know get the entire experience. Like it's a nice time. Bring your mom. What I
1: like about him is he's smart enough to surround himself with younger artists that are really talented,
2: <laughs> like Ace Frehley. Wow, I'm not talking <laughs> about the over. T- taking this new kid on the block uh, and gets into scuffles on the street.
1: I'm, I'm talking about his band. <laughs> he's not oh, responsible yeah. for the guys out he's, front. He's yeah.
2: always got hot players. With well, him. that's what I'm always. Saying. Yeah,
1: and to me, that's the very. He's really, really yeah. smart. Because I think he even knows this is me, right? I'm not changing. I'm Alice Cooper. This is what you get. I'm going to throw my cane. Well, they talk about that. They talk
2: about that in that documentary, the Hired Gun documentary, that Jason Hook, who's now in Five Finger Death Punch, was playing for Alice Mm -hmm. and got this call to join this band. And he's like, Alice, I I think I'm going to go do this. Like, I'm going to be a writing member. Like, You know what I mean? I'm going to be a full member of this band and I think I should take it. And Alice Cooper's like, dude, go. Like, you should thought, do that. Like, if you were a do dime that, a dozen, buddy, hit the bricks. No, I, I, I just well, think he... very complimentary about Alice saying, like, Alex, Alice gave him really sort of like his blessing to like, hey man, if you've got a shot at the brass ring, do it. Like, I'm glad that I was here and was able to give you this chance and you've been awesome, but like, go do what you gotta do. And yeah. it's turned out very well.
0: Mm-hmm. He's got um, he's got that lady Nita Strauss playing for yeah, on right, on yeah. with him now. She she just great. put a new record out that's pretty heavy, dude. She's fantastic. She's a lot of fun live. You do love the ladies. There, there you I go.
2: I do see, see Nita and Alice
3: in a town near you, Michael. Yeah. So like uh, I was scrolling there on Metal Injection, and of course they have a little a drop down if you're looking for like metal news and stuff, and there is one specific sub uh, heading they have there that's called Bands and Booze. But uh, I think we've covered that for, for some time now. But again, yeah. Nothing new it's, came it's, out this week. <laughs> it's rife with all sorts of news. I think Pantera came out with their own beer because yes, there's a way to make money off of their name. Um, either way, um, the, the news I have is uh, kind of related to that, that sort of uh, strange phenomenon that we recall Uh, during the days when uh, terrorists or suspected terrorists were detained in Gitmo and uh, exposed to like lethal doses of Metallica and ACDC which had the really uh, sort of adverse effect uh, as some of the former detainees describe it as because it was meant to be sort of like psychological torture that's you know what what they were you know sort of like that was the expectation thank you you know rumsfeld and all those other uh, bastards uh, that these people would be driven mad by being exposed to like hours and hours of very deafening metallica and and acdc and the guys came out and they're like we are such big fans of acdc and metallica now we just love it so much it's like did, they like had no idea that uh, this is what uh, we had been missing all this yeah, time. Yeah, it's like someone
2: <laughs> locked Colin away, but also brought his thumb drive along, and they're like, "We're just gonna play this." Like, <laughs> that's
3: right. No, this is like and, and you're going on like a, a like a cross country trip, and you're like, "Yeah, you nothing but ACDC You just got A, and that's it. And then you just <laughs> like you totally love nothing but ACDC thereafter. It's like Stockholm syndrome. But uh, this, this new medical study that just came out here uh, from the Archives of Surgery uh, reports that uh, surgeons who uh, listened to a, like a, a good mainline of ACDC's Highway to Hell and TNT were able to improve their scalpel speed and their overall surgery speed by a couple minutes, like 50, to 50 degrees, fa- 50% faster. Than if they were listening to such uh, things as "Hey Jude" and "Let It Be." So, um, not sure exactly the the, the further uh, analysis of that data, but I don't know if I would be all that comfortable like going under the knife uh, or going to the dentist knowing that my you know surgeon or dentist is like listening to like ACDC and. Thinking like I need to get this done faster. <laughs> can I do it faster? <laughs> it's like I know I need to drill this tooth and get all of the like can't you know the rot out of it, but like can I do it faster? But uh, again, metal, uh, and especially these older bands, Metallica and ac of course, are always kind of like there, cutting all the different edges of uh, pop culture and all the different uh, other studies that people are doing. So, I, and I don't even know how and why somebody. You know got the the research grant to sort of put on that experiment but they did it
0: what do you do when you listen to music
3: um well i, I do a number of things uh, like mowing uh sometimes i'll do uh the smoking with cigarettes sometimes <laughs> i just sit sometimes i will swing from the rafters right. uh but i'm not i'm not always trying to like Perform uh, brain surgery on somebody.
0: I mean, I almost exclusively perform brain surgery when I listen to music.
3: <laughs> almost exclusively. Almost exclusively. Yes, yes. That's, that sounds like something that Dahmer tried too. Wow. I, I listen right. to it when I
1: work and and it speeds me up a little bit I gotta be honest if I'm if I need to make the fingers move yeah. a little faster on the keyboard you know put something a little bit a little bit speedier on there and if I'm chilling a little
0: slower yeah. I, uh, yeah. I have a I have a playlist playlist a playlist <laughs> I have a playlist that's called uh, that's called heavy writing and when I'm writing I put this playlist on and it at like maximum volume. And I know that this isn't real, but in my head, in my like little little imaginary part of my brain, it occupies the distractible portion of my of my yeah. brains. So
3: that that's I, I recognize that too. Like
0: really, it's not a real holiday. thing, but I mean, it's it's what I think happens. Riders yeah. block until juice is like wine, wine, and then like,
2: okay, I'm good. <laughs> I'll
0: have yeah. to check. Let, hold on. I only have like Cold four Lake no, I'll tell you, the thing is, I only have like four records on that, and it's on... I used to have a better one, and then I switched services and I lost it. Um, but you know what's on there, surprisingly? Uh, St. Anger's on there. Uh, well, I'll tell you, it's very entom- surprising. Entombed Wolverine <laughs> Blues, St. Anger, 2 Megatherion, World Demise, and uh, <laughs> the first Triptychon record. And then uh, separately, I would also listen to uh, that last Celtic Frost record, which I think is really good.
1: Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. I I think the hero of Michael's story is whoever figured out I can use the grant money to study metal music and surgery.
3: I think yeah, that's the right? I think that's the hero. Does it work so well with torture? But it does
0: make surgeons
3: work a little bit faster.
0: Yeah. There you go. It turns out. Get- Turns out, you tried to torture these guys, and they came out a little bit cooler. That's a log line <laughs> right? for our show. And,
3: and you're you're gonna you're <laughs> definitely gonna help them acclimate to to American culture when they just sort of like you know kind of like come in and want to uh, well ever get out. Anywho, not to on, get to people, on, on to 1990. On to 1990. Ninety. Jeez. So so we we, 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 we want to give some context here, or sure. everybody just fill it. We 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 see that we could all see the doc here if we just want to fill in. No, I, I mean, I, th-
2: I think we do our, our place in time in 1990. You know, Colin, why don't you tell us what you were up to? All right. Well, I at had graduated. At the start of the 90s. I had graduated college in 1989.
1: So 1990 wow. was my first real job. So I was uh, getting into the workforce. I was uh, 23 and uh, trying to establish myself and it was going fairly well. I was the manager of a program for folks with uh, developmental disabilities. So I had a, my staff for the first time and budgets and responsibilities and a house to run and things. Um, so that's what I was doing. The music took a little bit of a, of a, a backfall in my life. You know, I was there you know, I listened to it when I drove and stuff, but it wasn't things that I could really focus on now because I was trying to understand the workforce, trying to understand how to start paying bills and, you know, do all those things.
3: <laughs> fair that's, enough. That's, that's an interesting observation there because like when I've, when I've taught uh, some of my courses and they focus kind of like on, you know, I want you to write an essay based on like a playlist. So this is This is something I haven't done in a long time. But uh, whenever I had like adult students, um, you know, or non-traditional learners, whatever you call them, they just say like, shit, I don't listen to music. I'm just like, I, once I started, once I left college and started my job and started raising a family, I just listened to like whatever the kids are listening to, like Disney soundtracks, wheels on the bus, shit like that. So I can appreciate calling how you would kind of like, uh, you know, put, put music a little bit in the background. And kind of focus on being an adult. Yeah, I couldn't
1: drink at, uh, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning anymore and uh, put, a, put a record <laughs> on, the, on the turntable and hang out for <laughs> Dude, the day. It yeah. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> all that of a sudden, I had to do other stuff. Fucking adult we expected stuff. you to be sober at work and, you know, show up on time and all
3: that bullshit. the a drag. Exactly. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> David, what the hell were you doing in 1990?
0: You know, 1990 is a strange, strange time because it's a, there's a blur between what was senior year of high school and freshman year of college like it all like i read through these you asked me what i'm listening to in 1990 i'm like okay 1990 that's the year i started college and then i start thinking through those records and i'm like oh crap that was also the second half of senior year of 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 high school and all of a sudden it is just like like black and white, you know, as far as like how, how I remember them, not necessarily what I'm doing, but the way in which I kind of contextualize that memory because part of it was, you know, just kind of senioritis and slip sliding through the end of the year. And then the rest of it was like the day I moved into the dorm, Stevie Ray Vaughan died and you know, my parents literally like I'd got my st- they dropped me off at the door and they drove away and, and not necessarily in a bad way. I mean, we didn't live that far away. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's very much like a weird, weird time. Um, you know, the band I was in in high school broke up because everybody graduated and went to college. Um, and then you get Bobby quit. Jimmy got married that's right right. and then you get to college and and like literally i met the guys that i was joining the band with like right before college started like weeks before college started um i met joey mahoney and it changed my life if you need joey mahoney please call (laughs) 1-800 joey mahoney to change your
3: life joey (laughs) mahoney changed
2: my life we haven't even met in person (laughs)
0: No, it was a fun time. It was a fun time. I I I was completely unprepared for life alone. <laughs> hey, that that's along the lines of what I was
2: going to say too, David. I remember looking back at 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 nineteen ninety as like not a sad time, but kind of a sad time. Like your your whole life is changed. Like I I remember, or I guess I look back at nineteen ninety now, and I didn't really have my shit together, yeah. like. I hadn't taken school seriously in high school. I had just sort of like dicked around and, you know, I got through and then graduated fine. But like, I liked to having my movie theater and like everything outside of school, a lot more than school. So school was just sort of like a nuisance, but then, you know, high school, the, the high school net gets yanked out from under you. And I'm like, I don't really fucking know what I'm doing. Like <laughs> I, I I didn't have a good plan. You know, I was like, I, I fell into the sort of like, I guess I'm going to junior college. Uh, we, we had a junior college in the next town over. And I started managing the, the another movie theater in our chain right near that college. And so, I, I, you know, if you, if you want to call it the, uh, the high school with ashtray years, it truly was that. My life didn't change that much. I think the sad part of it was that a lot of my friends had scattered around. Like even Mike, Mike was in San Jose, which isn't that far, but it was kind of far. You go from seeing your pals every day and doing things every day to seeing your pals once a month or every couple of weeks or whatever. Like it, it was just like, uh, I don't know. I, I, it feels like it was a time of a little bit of disarray, at least for me. But I look back and there's a lot of great music from that year, like, like an awful lot, not so much metal. And we can talk about that later, but yeah, that's sort of where I was. I wasn't really, uh, I, I wasn't in control yet.
3: Yeah, no, I, I think to kind of, kind of follow up the theme that, uh, that Dave and, and, and John were kind of touching upon too. It's like definitely the the transition from high school to, to college is, as, uh, as I always tell my students too, is going to be, uh, a really, uh, pivotal one in your life where you're going to have to like begin kind of figuring out like how to, how do you, how do you leave all of your sort of uh, previous self or the, the things that have been like fashioned for you and sort of like create, if you can, like a new identity. Um, and again, as far as music goes and, and, and how we kind of like self fashion ourselves in the high school parking lots and the gym locker cages that we had there at, uh, at San Benito, like you know you your identity is like i'm into metal that's what i do and that that could be like a really confining box in a lot of ways you you think there's like a lot of power in that but then you know, you you get into uh, you know, like a large college campus. I was, you know, in, in 1990. I was both at UC Irvine and then came back to uh, to Hollister um, and went to uh, I went to Gablin for like a couple summer classes. at John, John, of course, and in all, our, you know, a lot of our old friends there. Brad and Roger were still there, <laughs> um, so we we were still able to kind of like sustain that that part of it. But uh, like as John said, like when I was at San Jose State um man like you you can't talk about fucking queens right to the people who are like moving into like other shit and they're like they want to talk about public enemy or they want to talk about ice cube and 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 get into all the other emerging sort of what would ultimately be called kind of like alternative music and and think that you're going to be able to like hey empire just came out you heard that i'm like what the fuck is that i no, nope, that's <laughs> not a thing, dude. You are a poser. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, so you, you, you guys you know didn't what? live in a dorm, though, right? No, we had we, the house. We had. Yeah, we had a, we had a like a dirty apartment there. Yeah. A couple blocks from. I, I uh, think
2: I think that same thing that you're talking about is even more amplified when you're at a dorm. Because then oh. every door on the hall is a different. Hey, did you hear Empire? It's like, uh, no, man, I'm listening to Bob Marley's Legend for the fucking 1500th time this week. Right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, but it's just every person like that. It's you're just jammed together into this living situation, and just like no one's on the same ground.
0: Like, dude, I was a, I was a I was a jazz guitar major at what was effectively a conservatory. I was the metal guy. My roommate was also a jazz guitar major, and he was really into Michael Hedges. Who's know Hedges. who that is? Dude, I know Benson Wind- and Hedges. Wyndham, Wyndham Hill Records. No, it's like the new classical? age record
3: it's or like yeah, right. record
2: label.
0: So, so, same. Colin, this
3: may not may not have happened to you in 1990, but like when you made that transition from from high school to college, you do you have the same sort of like? How do I function? John said, like, I just I don't know how to like you know, be my own, be the, be the same person in a different setting anymore. Um, See, My
1: area was very remote. I had, I had a a good friend and, and a couple of folks that I knew, but I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of people living around me. So when I went to college, I finally had a whole bunch of people around me. And I was able to find people that had similar interests. So I was able to join clubs and do intramural sports and do, do music conversations and things. So I actually found college to be an incredibly exciting time because finally I was around people. It wasn't okay. just it wasn't just me. Like I, I had a good friend Marty, and he and I, you know, used to hang out a lot, um, you know, play tennis and stuff, and 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 you know, do the things that you would do, you know, in the in the area, ride bikes and sports and shit. But you know, when I got to college, it was a whole bunch of people. So now I could actually do so. I actually found college to be the opposite. I found myself in college, and all of a sudden there were people that that did the things that I love to do, and there was a whole bunch of them. Yeah.
2: So I got. I, I think be- that came a bit later with me going to a junior college like that. It was a commuter college. So you didn't have that sense of community. There wasn't like a lot of hanging out. You go, you do your shit, you leave. And so, you know, once I went on to, I ended up going to UC Santa Barbara after that, that's when I started to get what you're talking about.
1: I agree. It doesn't come right out of the gate, but, uh, but it's yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I mean, then once you get that social, the social ties, Man, college took off for me after one semester, and then it was all the partying. And then that's the hard part to control back then. I mean, it was, you know, (laughs) he drank all the time, every day. I feel
2: like there's solo episodes that have to be done where Colin's just talking about, like, maybe we call it like, can
0: you post bail?
1: <laughs> strap, strap yourselves in kids yeah
2: it's,
0: yeah. it's, gonna, it's well, gonna be bumpy you know I've, I've said it i've said it before like the scene we were in when i was in college because you know a lot of guys came to the school where i went and the expectation was you were practicing you know you would go to class but the expectation was you practiced like four to six hours a day And the practice rooms were open 24-7 for most of the time I was there. They changed it maybe my third or fourth year. But, you know, the expectation was that you were in the woodshed just practicing constantly when you were not in class. And there were only a handful of guys who played in kind of formed bands when we were in college. And I was one of them. And we would, you know, the, the bass player for the band would meet me Friday like he'd be in my dorm already. When I would get out of class, we would get on the train, go to Jersey, get to the house that the bands practiced in. And we stayed in that house from Friday night until Monday morning. And we would start practicing. And as the practice is ending, people are like rolling kegs in the back door and we would party between the two houses all night. And then we'd sleep in, and do it again on Saturday and then we'd do it again on Sunday and then we'd come home on Monday and people would be it like, Hey man, terribly. did you get everything done? I'd be like, no, I didn't get anything done. Yeah. Um, but we did I look that like for, I'm ready for homework. We did that for years. Like that's like, the, we could do like a whole podcast on that. Uh, you know, and we still, the, those guys still hang out. You know, I still see those guys as like some of the best friends ever. Um, because it was, it was like foundational relationships and experiences in life. You know, we, we went through some stuff together. Um, but it was very separate from college. Like it was very like, you know, close one part of your life, go to class, do class. And class was like intense. And then you come home and just like party and be an idiot.
3: Yeah, but but you but you had that occasion to be out of your parents' house to be in a new setting <laughs> yeah. and exposed to a bunch of new opportunities. So it's uh, again, it's yeah. Th- so 1990 uh, for for all of us, it seems like we're all entering like a, a strange new phase of our uh, uh, of our existence. Do we want to like frame up a little bit the context of like what's going on in the world, what's going on in pop culture at that? Uh, that you
2: you're our resident concrete. Michael, why don't you uh, would you call him Walter Cronkite? Oh, Cronkite. And I was like,
1: um, look, I was I, like, I, J- John used a cool word, but I don't know what it means
2: yeah, because because <laughs> of, the, of of David's time difference. It's only 4:45 in the afternoon here. I've been drinking like it's it's still very much daylight. I'm not used to doing the <laughs> podcast this way.
3: Yeah. I I just I just uh, I just I have like my Monday What about back? So give life. us
2: give us the news <laughs> of the world, Michael. All
3: right. So 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 things that people have remembered uh to forget was, "Hey, remember when the wall came down?" In 1990. I also want to say, like, this was really close after the, the the thing that happened there in Tiananmen Square. Um, but like, yeah, there was a there was a whole sort of like uh Scorpions whistling song about the winds of change and <laughs> this whole this whole new era that we were we were entering into where uh you know Russia was gonna like you know uh you know stand down and just allow people to democratize. Yeah, and how's that going? It turns out that it didn't <laughs> last forever. I don't read the news. Uh, oh, wait a second! Uh, I just read the news today. Oh boy! But uh, we also got uh, you got your he- Hubble telescope launching. Uh, hey, Nelson Mandela had been released from prison uh, thanks to uh, his uh, his hi- him and his wife's efforts there, and of course the the rather sort of. Uh, uh sort of a human uh response of uh, fw de Klerk there in south africa uh mandela had probably spent a well 25 years or so in one prison or another um, as as uh for his work as uh both a, an activist a lawyer and also a little bit of a domestic terrorist but uh, of course he was he was released thereafter and and, and within a short time then became president of uh, of south africa it's good good to remember that uh 1990 marks also uh margaret thatcher's uh, resignation as prime minister of england uh, if we remember 1990 that was also the the first uh the first term of uh, george bush 41 as president uh, that would probably become a, a one-term president, of course. Uh, notable for the the whole business about read my lips, no new taxes. Then you got new taxes, don't you, Dave Mustaine? Foreclosure of a dream, got you there. Um, <laughs> there's other business here about like this this thing called the World Wide Web beginning to uh, to be formed um and i don't know what what the hell that is is it probably something <laughs> it, it, it's the the
2: onslaught of uh aol floppy disks and cds just pelting you from every direction in the mail <laughs> and Can i just say our like, records
0: all, all through all through high school i was like a very active on the bbs scene and made a lot of friends and did a lot of did a lot of kind of fun stuff on bbss <laughs> yeah, fun, fun. And, and now that the fun. statute of limitations is running text run text based fun <laughs> on the on the bbs um, yeah. but then when i got into college dude like we were too busy to do anything and i didn't even have an email address until i got into grad school like we didn't do any of that yeah Santa it was Barbara. early i mean I, when i, I got not, to UC i mean Santa i not even Barbara. say that like I don't even say that like I'm a dinosaur, but it's like, no, there were people using the web, but it was just so kind of like not a big deal. Yeah, there was
2: nothing to do. I mean, I had an email address at UC Santa Barbara, and I I was one of like 60 people who had one outside of
3: (laughs) staff. you all hung out. You know what I mean? What are you going to do with that? Like it's just for like coder nerds and stuff. So it's it it, wasn't it wasn't AOL just yet. That that comes like late 90s but uh that this the, and it begins a little bit earlier but it's it's definitely you know building uh, a bridge to i think we haven't crossed it yet to, to where we're at now in the future some 30 years later um we're not in the future uh, re- re- really sort of proactive uh, lawyers and stuff are working on behalf of uh, people throughout uh, the service industry um it's Smoking is actually banned on cross-country flights, and it wouldn't be terribly long before uh, smoking would be banned in restaurants, particularly in places like California, um, and then ultimately in bars. But remember that?
2: Remember ashtrays in an airplane seat? Oh, yeah.
3: Yep, totally. (laughs) And (laughs) and, and you could still see them on some Jet Blues. Yeah, we (laughs) we smoked in class
0: yeah you, th- that was the like, thing he like, literally smoked smoke. in class and when they they sorry sent, like, baby a, they sent like a a university-wide memo you can no longer smoke in class and one of my professors for like an hour and a half class he would have a break like every 15 minutes and we'd all go into the <laughs> hallway and smoke <laughs> dude i i had a professor Well, I, my psychology
3: professor was was lamenting this too it's like Just uh, two semesters ago, I would be lighting up a nice Benson and Hedges right now and going on and (laughs) telling you about blah, blah, blah. Um, And then uh, my English professor, uh, I'm not going to remember his name because it's been 30 years. Um, He he would actually step outside the window onto the (laughs) ledge and then have
0: a cigarette during tests and stuff. It's like badass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'd smoke, like, you'd be smoking a cigarette in the hallway, get into the elevator, and, like, kind of just tuck it in your hand, like, cup it in your hand, because you're not supposed to smoke in the elevator, but the elevator is just, like, filling up with smoke, because everybody's doing the same Every, thing. Everyone's
3: cuffing a cigarette.
0: Pretending they don't have a cigarette, there's just, like, filling up with smoke, you get down to the first floor, and it's just, like, you know, fast times at Ridgemont High, but, but Joe Camel. Yeah. All right, real, real, real quick anecdote here, and then we'll move on. But uh, so, I, uh,
3: yeah, as, as a college, as, as, you know, somebody who's been a college student or a college professor for going on 30 years, uh, the big difference I've noticed in that, uh, you, know, uh, you know, time span is you used to be able to tell the time by, like, when you'd see all the students empty out of the classroom building, the first thing you'd see them do is, like, reach into their pocket and then light up a cigarette now nobody smokes the first thing they do is they just staring at their phone staring at that or at some particular screen so they're they're addicted to something different but it's uh, it's all the same Um, we want to talk about like some of the big (laughs) the top movies of of the year 1990 you got yourself some ghost not to be confused with John's favorite band Uh, Whoopi Goldberg wins the best supporting actress for that uh the, the phrase ghost on somebody <laughs> comes from this <laughs> <laughs> like, it means patrick patrick's D- patrick's Swayze- patrick and all you do is make really sad pottery now Um uh, also uh you know home alone can't can't forget that gem right with the the adorable cult um Macaulay yeah and Tolkien. i almost
2: think home alone was the top movie of 1989 and it just carried over to 1990. It, it, it could be. It
3: could. Yeah. I don't I don't remember it as a 1989 movie, but uh, and Pretty Woman of course uh, kind of la- launches launches Julia Roberts as the the thing that she would end up being, which is that um, Dances with Wolves, uh, directed and starring Kevin Costner. Best picture, best director. Uh, I, did he win best actor for that too? No. I don't know. Uh, no, I forget who oh, won. No, actor. He, he, he.
2: But he won Political director and, uh, and best picture. The Wolves won best actor, I think. There you go.
3: <laughs> who did? The Wolves. <laughs> I said the Wolves won oh, best the actors. the Wolves. Yes, <laughs> of course. And, well, they uh, dance, you know. And, and, and number five uh, that we got on the list here, just, just to put it in perspective here, probably like one of the last good-ish sort of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger films, uh, Total Recall. Right. It's a buy good, the movie. good movie. That's the one yeah, where they say I buy that for it still, is. It's it's yeah, a dollar. That's still running, man. On it. or is that Robocop? Oh, uh, you're right. That's Robocop. That's RoboCop. Okay, <laughs> yeah, Mandela effect right there. Sorry, there you go. And as far as music goes, you got a couple things going on, like bands like Tool. Perhaps you continued to still hear about them, hey they me. started in 1990. Also, uh, Ice T, the rapper Ice T, the OG um forms body count
0: yeah both
3: both of these Mm -hmm. bands would 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 play at uh the first Lollapalooza, which i want to say is 1991.
2: god remember the controversy around cop killer and body count i mean like
0: granted body count forms in
2: 1990 i don't think the album comes out until the next year but holy cow
3: yes they were uh, again like time warner was like sued by so many like uh, police unions and they were like put on like something like a kind of like most wanted list of sorts it was a big fucking deal it's and still
1: censored when you buy the cd it's not on there
3: you can get you can get what? copies of it
1: yeah, yeah there's copies it, without it yeah if you go to amazon right now and you get the first body cat. that tracks
0: the on there that's been yeah, removed really? yes that's been removed you gotta be kidding wow. me! Um, no, well, that's—I mean, you know—it's funny. So you go back and look. Like, remember when when uh, the Chronic came out, the Dre, the Doctor Dre record? Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a there's a clean version of that record. He made. Oh it sure, a yeah. Can you
2: imagine? It's 16 minutes long.
0: <laughs> it's just a <laughs> lot of beats. Just um, yeah,
2: if you, if
1: if you want the original version with that song on it, you got to pay for it.
0: Okay, okay,
3: good, good. What if good, I don't if want the tell. song, can it be good at the f- internet? And also, you don't. You could just use YouTube because it's probably or you can there too. YouTube. Yes, sure. You know, but that and, and again, Body Count did not invent uh, gangster rap by by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know that 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 whole genre is like way, and, and maybe NWA didn't invent it either. There there are precursors to it, but we're, this is not what we're talking about. Uh, also, Pearl Jam, this band uh, that still exists, played their first uh, show. that's that's an interesting anecdote too because I remember um, in 1990 I loaned a couple CDs to my friend John Harden one was Facelift and the other was Mother Love Bone and they got stolen out of his car Gab I do remember
2: that that was not (laughs) that was that sucked ass
3: yeah remember when people would actually steal CDs Colin what's that like (laughs) nobody wants cds anymore yes they do a rack of them behind me. well
2: their body count i guess yeah (laughs) yeah with cop killer yeah that's right let's get into uh, the last point here's like of
3: 1990 mtv unplugged debuts too uh that's that's the other sort of like cultural uh innovation there it's like hey we like loud music but can you like do it softer and who
0: was the first unplugged uh artist
2: i don't remember what the first one was that's a good question um Um, i mean i think the first one i really paid attention to might have been pearl jam
3: but 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 that's that's not where they're at here in 1990. This no, is a, I
2: mean Pearl Jam's just starting there. Let's see. Uh, what what
3: I, I want to give props right here to Adele.
2: So, so the first the first episode featured Squeeze, Sid Straw, and Elliot Easton. Wow!
3: Wow! That probably got a lot of eyes on it.
2: Yeah. Uh, the next year, Paul, Paul McCartney released an Unplugged and, and did it, and that's that's when it became big. Sting did it in 91, Mariah Carey.
0: Dude, you know which one was awesome? LL There's cool so
2: J. many good ones.
3: Oh, the, L, the, the LL Cool J one is bad for a lot of reasons. Not talking about, like, the caked-up deodorant under his arms, but, yes. That's Not speaking about. in a bigger and deafer.
0: Dude, what are you talking no. about that the ll cool j is awesome with pop's cool love behind him yeah but he has like a bunch of like
3: caked up deodorant under his arms the whole time though i don't know i i did he does he does
0: the whole thing shirtless with chains he does he doesn't take like the when, shirt off until he does mama said knock you out
2: when metal it, bands did uh unplugged i always thought that was good
3: yeah well and, and, and the thing too is like this 1990 marks the year that tesla releases The five man (sighs) acoustical jam, yeah, which again people don't want to recognize the influence of either, you know, their sort again releasing it, putting it together an entire album, and where'd they do that? Spectrum in Philly, yeah, and uh, again it had it had its own sort of influence. People wanted to trace it back earlier to. Bon Jovi doing edge. uh wanted dead or alive and that's that wasn't novel at all the whole idea of like doing it live and doing strong songs that are already uh rock songs with 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 uh, electric guitars and then like stripping it down Tesla did that just yeah. putting it out there for you folks if you haven't it's checked true. out that record it is so I mean, it's cool not like they
0: played shit. metal with acoustics they played like acoustic songs with acoustics Nope,
3: they played some of their hard rocking songs. Yeah, they,
2: some of some of the Tesla songs from their albums were reworked acoustically for mm-hmm. that record. Yeah,
3: so it, 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 again, it's mm. you know who who invented. And again, this 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 fits into like uh, Tesla's whole sort of like conspiracy theory of uh who of appropriation and accreditation. <laughs> it's like who gets in? Who gets the credit for inventing? They were fulfilling uh, their prophecy right was it tesla was it edison well they write another album called uh the 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 great radio controversy after that but we're going to talk about some of our favorite albums from 1990 how is that we are we are are. are. colin do you have a favorite record from 1990 when you were entering the workforce why are you talking like that i have three of them michael Give, give us your number all three, right. Colin.
2: Let's all start with our number threes. Are we going up. in order? Yeah, like let's a, start. Like
0: I didn't know they were ranked. Yeah.
2: Eh, mine yeah. worked out that way.
1: Pick okay. Colin, so, pick it however you want to. Well, my my number three, working backwards, is Extreme 2 Pornography. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you it was going to go apparently, <laughs> somewhere.
2: Apparently, we do talk about Nuno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: When More Than Words came out, it exploded, right? I mean, come on, that's that song was everywhere, every minute of the day. Radio stations loved that song, so I picked up the album. I, I was like, oh, let's see what these guys are all about. It's not a metal album by far. I mean, there's no there's no metal on there. But I'll tell you what, it's it's funky, it's fun, it's got a, a really cool. Uh, vibe to the guitar work I kind of I dug it it, 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 it I do was very catchy it, it caught on with me and uh that was one of those things that I sang just to have a good time it's a very it's a it's a, a sunshine record a smiley record you know it just makes you makes you have a good time and sing about stuff so I liked it I thought it was pretty good
3: okay I'm, I'll I'll take that de- definitely um that song got a lot of play I mean, on what used to be MTV yeah gigantic <laughs> Oh, rock, huge right? it was it was a power ballad um and and it was acoustic too so it fits into like all these sort of like emerging trends where it's like ah let's do something for the ladies which is not a new thing was kid ego the other single from that album i think that's from the first record yeah it's not is it, in the second one? <laughs> okay. it was, was was get the funk out oh <laughs> i hate
2: record. that song
3: that's all <laughs> that one, yes <laughs> Oh, that's fun. Horrible. It's a fun song. Oh. Wholehearted. Wholehearted was on this record. That's the second. That, that combines
2: before. the worst of things. David hates in heavy metal, just like a pun, like a like a non-clever pun becomes yeah. the yeah. title.
3: It's because like you because you can't hear the pun. You can't hear the pun. <laughs> you have to look at the you have to look at the song title and know what he is. But uh, yeah, straight out of Boston, there, extreme blowing up with uh, with with that hit. If it wasn't okay. for that hit, they probably doesn't. They don't probably make uh, Extreme Three, which. Oh the no, movie. they would never have a career no. if it wasn't. I like... mean,
2: no one paid attention to Extreme Three anyway. They made a like, the third uh, record. You know, they had they had one single. They're they're truly a one hit wonder. Extreme. I bought Extreme Three. What yeah, but thing? I mean, it's like, it, but it like it you wasn't were a fan already, but it didn't do anything. No, like no. I, you know what I mean, like no. like Mike said, outside of more than words, nothing. Else came from that record, right?
1: Again, wholehearted they, they, was that wholehearted. wholehearted. Yeah. Okay, I
0: take that back. That was kind of a hit the, too. That's the follow. I'll tell you what. If uh, it's like a follow-up ballad, but, but, but if, I, somebody I, reco- I, if somebody else if somebody else would have recorded that song, it would have been a hit. I sure. think. I think. Yeah. They they were so stigmatized All by the time that first record was done. I don't think they could get. You know, they they had they had really kind of split up there. It, it, it was black and white you either loved them or hated them there was no in between I would yeah, agree they, 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 they do come out strong on their third record with
3: that sort of uh, kind of political song about like don't tread on me bullshit uh, you know make love not war always sounds so absurd to me and it's like oh you guys aren't doing this very well like But get the uh, funk out too <laughs> yeah or, or or do like mama I don't want to go to school today it's like there you go that's your demographic right that's your intellectual wow. demographic there. but I, I like Colin talking about this. this idea of like it's it's a sunshine album you've you got good memories of it it's like hey whatever it comes on hair nation you know it's like I don't turn it off you know it's, you it all works so we're gonna work up the the the, the ladder here, David. which do you got for uh, your one of your top picks for 1990 records?
0: You know, I'm I'm jockeying my list around. I, I I had my top three, but really my top three was mostly focused on records that came out like right at the kind of the crack of college, like the things that I was listening to right then. But I I need to go back and dip. To senior year of high school. And the record that was on, like permanently in my CD player, I'd only owned like three CDs. I owned like a, a Santana CD, a Carner CD. But th- I bought Vi, Passion, and Warfare before I actually owned a CD player. Um, my sister had a CD player. So I would like go in her room when she wasn't home and listen to Vi, Passion, and Warfare. That record, aside from being like super excess like suddenly very accessible for people who had either heard a little bit or heard nothing of Vi, um, it had videos, right? It had some airplay. It had, at times, a uh, heavy rotation. He put out that one where like there's like a kid in a classroom playing a song and stuff. Um, I forget what that was called. That's a um, horrific cover. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I'll tell you, no, that cover is tame compared to the rest of his covers. Yeah, right? he, I mean, that cover tells you everything you need to know about <laughs> Steve White, Yeah.
2: Mike.
0: I mean, I think any of us would be happy to have whatever drugs he was taking when they... Yeah, was for the love of God? Was that the single you're talking about, David? I remember that one playing. No, I mean that's a great that's a great song. This record, if you're if you can handle instrumental records, and I don't mean that in necessarily in a negative way, instrumental records take you got to commit to that, right? Um, But the the song that oh the audience on the song with the boys, the audience is listening. The audience is listening, right? Where it's like the teacher is like introduces little Stevie vi and all this stuff. And it's groovy, right? And the playing play is really good. good. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like Hot for Teacher, Hot for Teacher
2: suck.
3: <laughs> well, that was the video that, that a better guitar that, that player video that had the sort of like uh, DLR sort of like uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
2: this is actually this album comes out right before he joins Whitesnake.
0: Oh, really? I don't think I realized yeah. that. But yeah. uh, I mean, if you if you kind of go through the, the, the thing that's, or that's maybe a, right after, I think the thing that helps a lot is if you read the the track notes when you're when you're doing this, like track three on this record is called The Animal, and he wrote this song for Prince, right? Like he was like championing this like seven string guitar. Um, nobody else was was playing seven string guitar at the time. Um, he wasn't the first one to play 7-string guitar, obviously. Um, but he wrote that groove like with Prince in mind. He's like, this is what I think Prince would do with a 7-string guitar. And that song kills. It's so good. And as with all Steve Vai stuff, he just plays stuff that you can't play. And even if you could play it, you'd be playing it because he played it, not because you played it. The record is so freaking good. Um, and it manages to be good in a way that doesn't make you want to just throw your guitar away. It makes you want to practice and get better at playing guitar. Um, so yeah, this record was in super heavy rotation, and I still pop it on every once in a while. It's it's very good. You'll never get another Vi record that's this easy to access again, and, and not now, because he's got this stupid guitar. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay, well, that's... that's uh place i guess to begin and end with steve vai 1990 yeah. 30 years later honestly yeah john what you got for us
2: the first album that i'm going to talk about is not a metal record but it's so metal uh public enemies fear of a black planet is so metal oh my god yeah. it's so fucking good like this this is I I think, you know, their earlier records, It Takes a Nation, Millions, like those, those records were probably more influential and more, more for that scene of a new sort of a news influence, reality influence, rap, were probably bigger, dense in the landscape. Fear of a Black Planet is my favorite Public Enemy record. I just think it's killer. Like Burn Hollywood Burn and 911's a joke. Like all of it was just like so it was gonna work it out. So forceful and and the production on it is insane. Like Hank Shockley's production is just yeah. killer. And uh, the next year they actually toured with Anthrax. So and I was like really into this album. So when those two joined together and and then went out on the road together, that was like a match made in heaven. I I was so psyched uh that that marriage came to be and uh yeah I, I, I don't know what more to say fear of a black planet's fucking killer
0: that's a great record um poly want a cracker dude is there like a cooler dj song on a record
2: i, I mean just it just so all good. it all works you know what i mean chuck chuck's vocals and, and his writing are, like, incredible. Flavor Flav is, like, his most Flavor Flav on this record. Yeah. You know, it's, like, everything about it just clicks. There's not a lot of tracks on it where you stop and go, eh, this isn't so hot. What, what's next? Like, it, it, you can't do nothing for you, man. Like, I mean, it's just, like, it's a you lot of You need $6
3: great... for what? Flavor flav got problems of his own.
0: Dude, it's so good. It's so good.
3: I'm no, listening I think, to this I think almost
0: I think almost every rap record that came out in 1990 is a good one. And that includes. It was a really good time. That includes like the second Two Live Crew record.
2: Okay, yeah. Well, What's on America, the second one?
3: America's, America's uh, Most
2: Wanted comes out this year. I, I remember everyone played the first two live crew records, like Into the Ground. I mean, The Fuck Shop was like a record. like That was <laughs> coming from every car on earth right. for, for like a month in a summer. <laughs> but like, uh, what's on the second record?
0: The second record? It's actually not the second record. They got a bunch of records. Oh, okay. Um, Hold on. I got to find because i had that first one that first one dude everyone had that first one like i would play that through like my guitar amps like i would like get adapters and plug them into my guitar amps and crank it up like 200 watts dude stereo left and right
2: yeah
3: yeah and and again if if, if john's uh, choice of
0: album, band in the usa dude Okay. Remember yeah. That? There you like, go. I oh, remember the, the that, American flag single. on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
3: Because again, like it, people may not remember this, of course, but like there was all of the outcry. We talked about body count uh, previously. With that, and that's to come yet. There was still the whole sort of uh, oh shit. What's what's that phrase that Dan Quayle put into every moral majority person's mouth and head? family values right like we don't want this music being exposed to our children it's like well it's not being exposed to your children it's not like an open porno shop yeah but but
2: they made it that way you know it's like it's like it's like a two years before this is when colors comes out and ice t's track for that comes out and it's like i remember we went to see i don't know if you were with us ferg and i went to see colors Yeah, we saw colors at the showcase. There was was police officers. There was police at the theater
3: because colors was playing. And it's like, what? Like, yeah. Because gangsters are going to be going there and it's going to be red and blue. And it's like, yeah, could be, could be. But like, yeah. Also. Probably not in Palo Alto in
2: 1980. Oh, I didn't
3: see it in Palo Alto. I saw it it at the the showcase. Yeah. Yeah. But... uh, Again, to, you know, the, the point I was trying to make, though, too, if if John's like selection seems sort of out of genre or like not fitting your your profile of uh, middle aged metalheads, you know, go and listen to uh, Fear of a Black Planet, and that's a record that has the power and the intensity and the the sort of the the voice. Of, of everything that we probably really love about heavy metal It's, it's yeah. definitely really political record that's what I was trying to say in a roundabout way at the beginning of this like it's not metal but it's so fucking metal like oh, it really so is yeah and, and again if you want to fast forward a little bit to like most depth and his black on both sides record is his track there rock and roll He gets to a point when it starts to flip out. What what he's talking about is like how, just as Chuck D does, it's like, you know what? We invented this music, and now you've appropriated it, and you take all the credit for it. It's like, I'm not going to listen to Corn to get it on. I'm going to listen to John Lee Hooker, motherfucker. And then then it goes into the flip out. He's like, rap music is heavy metal for black people. It's like, gotcha. And white people, too. That's the thing. If you're, if you're listening, if you're feeling it, that's the thing. It's like, it's the intensity. It's, it's the power of it. And it's like, there's, there's emotion, there's history, there's culture, and there's a, there's a lot of power in all that. So uh, on that note, I'm going to select my, uh, number three record, I guess it's where we're at here and I'm going to, you know, say a is for anthrax. You know, persistence of time comes out filled this record. This filled. is uh, their follow-up to State of Euphoria. And John already sort of like you know laid out a little bit of the floor for this to like talk about how, you know their connection with with the Anthrax or with uh, with Public Enemy and whatnot. But uh, it's a really strong record in like so many ways, and it and it, it it touched me in like a, in in a lot of the ways that some of the previous two records i think had kind of already established whether you're talking about among the living or uh, or state of euphoria it's like uh, is there gonna be a stephen king song on here <laughs> maybe <laughs> um, there there is like a really cool uh, blue velvet song on here just mentioning right there in 1990 uh you know that's that's when twin peaks appears so people are like David Lynch, what's this about? Oh, and then you then you see for maybe for the first time blue velvet and like, oh my gosh, let us go to there. Yeah, but I mean, that- dude, can we like can we just stop
2: for a second and think about like this time of 80, 90, 91 how incredible it is that someone as fucking strange as David Lynch actually became like commonplace. Like people would look forward to David Lynch movies coming out. It's like you got to figure eighty-five percent of the public who went to a David Lynch movie wasn't sure what they were seeing, and they're like, you know right. what I mean? They drop in like, the mall and drive, this. and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, what is happening here? And it's like, it, you know what I mean? It's like Twin Peaks became the hottest show on television, and it's like here's a guy who's been working subversively for fifteen years at that point, and now we're he's becoming fi- like a weekly.
0: Thanks. the soundtrack yeah. the soundtrack from Twin Peaks had like the number one hit
2: yeah the, the Julie Cruz song yeah, yeah with Vidalamente with, uh, the the composer like that I mean I played the shit out of that album
3: like yeah. it's and it's and it's great shit if, if you're into it and and again it was it was a time to like okay totally going to get into it um, and anthrax got into it with uh, now it's dark. Um, and again, the 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 the, the intensity and the, the the almost sort of like persistence of time, darkness of the songs were like really urgent. And and, and again, they have like this really mm, sort of like potent political edge to them. Uh, um, and and of course, in, in the song like uh, "Keep It in the Family," it's like they're they're just calling out white privilege and racism, which. I don't think I had ever heard in a metal song. And if you liked Anthrax and you uh, sort of hearkened unto their sort of like uh, the, the manner in which they were able to present it, it's like, fuck. And you're just entering college and you're also being exposed to these ideas of racial injustice. It could have like a profound influence on your life. Just saying. Um, but uh you know a great record the last record with joey um and you know because thereafter they would uh switch over and then you get into the john bush era which is not something i really got into because like as i said before it killed two of my favorite bands but uh persistence of time and got the uh, joe jackson cover oh got the time t- yeah. t- tick it in it's my really head good. <laughs> it, it is that and again it's like I, it seemed gimmicky but again it wasn't a song that that anybody really knew but you go back and you should go back and listen to the joe jackson original it's pretty fucking spot on what anthrax does they don't they don't really do anything terribly different to the original song and joe jackson is pretty awesome give it up to joe jackson i never
1: knew that was a cover yeah
3: right i have, I have some learned joe some jackson fan you today. like
1: oh, i i like stepping out i like that album stepping yeah, out. different for, I for I girls
3: I didn't, I didn't. you know it's, you know he's got he's got a lot of great songs yeah uh so we, we go back to uh we're Colin. calling give us your second yeah. pick well before i do
1: uh, just my own real quick opinion, uh, America's Most Wanted, Fear of a Black Planet, Body Count, excellent albums, absolutely superior releases. I could yeah. not handle as nasty as they want to be. That was, <laughs> that was way beyond where I wanted to go. I picked that thing up. I listened to that one time. <laughs> One time, and it went on the yeah. shelf, and I never touched it again. I was right. like, "No, that is that is way over the top for me."
4: So, <laughs> it's,
1: yeah,
3: it's it's nasty. Oh, it was it was way beyond no, where I want. It is to not
2: false
0: advertising. It but, but not- the thing
3: is, but the thing is, you listen to it now, it's like, "Oh, this is kind of tame." I'll no, never dude, know, it's, I'll it's never still, listen to it again. It's
0: still pretty raw, man. It's just, it is. I, I we had never heard something that was just so explicitly explicit, just like no beating around the bush, just no. like boom. Nope. Nope. we are not good at subtlety. <laughs> nope. Mouth just hanging open, like yep. what? <laughs>
3: like, like I said, off, done, away. It's that's, that's that's the, the, end the of that. song that where where they, they they chant like, "We want some pussy," right? Yeah, yeah, sure it is. Yeah. yeah, it's the right. whole album. Like there's it's a lot going on one.
2: on that record.
3: There there's really a is. lot going yeah, on in that record. Again, so it's like know. you don't you don't have to be Shakespeare, but Shakespeare would say the same thing, but he would just, you know, put it in different words. I, I look forward to the Shakespeare rap album. That's all I can say. <laughs> I'll be okay with that.
1: So anyway, back to the sunshiny days happening, happening over here in Pennsylvania, (laughs) because again, it was all about stress release, right? It was all about becoming an adult. And I didn't want to become an adult. I wanted to sing and enjoy myself. So Warren's cherry pie came out that that year. And I mean, you can't ask for much more fun. Than the Cherry Pie release. Now, what's interesting about this one for me anyway is I wasn't watching MTV anymore. I had too much to do. I wasn't watching videos. I never I never paid much attention to the whole warrant videos for the song and everything. I just thought the album was great. I think Uncle Tom's Cabin is a, is a great track. A lot of good singing there. Uh, You're the only hell your mama ever raises a lot of fun. You know, this It's just a good album for being outside and in your car. So that was a, a great album for me to uh, to enjoy that summer
2: yeah wow. I, I think i i think i prefer the previous record the the dirty rotten filthy sneaking rich album but uncle tom's cabin is my favorite warren song oh. and how can awesome. it not be I th- yeah i think it's awesome like oh. um yeah i you know this album gets some play around our house every once in a while my wife really likes warren so it's like uh you know i saw red is i on saw him. red that's a pretty yeah. good track
3: right um, makers on this one too
2: yeah yep Yeah. Now, what's interesting about this
1: release, just one last note, is there was an original track called Ode to Tipper Gore. On this release, where all they did was curse and say the F word it's over and over. It's still on there. If you bring it up on Apple Music, it's there. Well, what I was going to say was, it was censored when it came out. When they ah. when when they caught onto that, the PMRC caught on to that. That was it. It was <laughs> it was stricken
3: from stricken <laughs> from the record. Was it was it originally like a hidden
1: track or something? No, it was the last track on the album. It was okay. a maybe okay. I don't know a minute and a half of just fuck just for yeah. 90 seconds. It's and a then strong. It's, and, 55 seconds. Oh, 55 seconds. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I did know that when I had finally received my copy and later I found somebody else who had it and we were comparing it and I said "What? what's this? <laughs> what, you, what is this thing? About? And like John said now it's it's back again and you it's no longer censored but I had no idea that they both like you know talk about 55 seconds of fun that was certainly a statement that Warrant made back when that thing came out
3: Yeah and, and, and a little sort of like um, I don't know a little like late to the game as, as, as Warrant was but, uh, you know, like the whole PMRC thing, as much as like people got up in arms about like, oh, they're trying to censor free speech and stuff. And this is like all coming from the left, as it were at the time. And consider how far we've come now, 30 years later. Um, you know, and, and again, we remember like the, the, the sort of iconic footage of like Frank Zappa and D. Snyder and others like engaging in these... Uh, congressional hearings about like the the indecency of music lyrics and stuff it's like what did it do it changed nothing it just actually it put like a little parental advisory on on certain albums that made them like almost sort of like i really have more interest in this record now because i think blackie lawless is going to say a bunch of really nasty things and he totally does
2: yeah, I do. I mean, I think that plays perfectly into what we were talking about with that two live crew record. Like, yeah. if people hadn't made such a big deal about that and that record being banned and this and that, that was just like a jokey, half-ass rap record that like, started out being sold out of Luke's trunk in 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 Florida. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it's like it starts getting passed around and catching on, and people start to have a shit fit about it, and suddenly it, it's like flying off the shelves. The shelves that are
3: willing to stock it—it
2: it makes at, money at the time.
3: It makes it a makes ton funny. of money. Yeah, right. And, and just, just, just ask that uh, anti-racist baby book uh, author. How are sales, sales doing now? Thank you, Ted Cruz. Right.
2: Nothing They're changes. Doing
3: really well. Like th- th- I think they went up like eight hundred percent in one week. Good for them. And 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 good for anti-racist babies everywhere. <laughs> just just as long as they're like they're also anti-crying and (laughs) anti-pooping
0: so we go from calling back to to David yeah back to me uh you know it's funny Uh, this record I listened to a lot back in the day and there's a huge chunk of time that I did not listen to it and the reason was I didn't own it and you couldn't get it and it wasn't streaming for a long time and when this episode idea came up I was like man I gotta go look that up and see if I can find it on YouTube or something. And sure enough it's streaming again so i'm super excited that 24 7 spies gumbo millennium is finally streaming on all the major services this record is i i always feel like bands will people will talk about bands they're like i wish you know like groovy metal was cooler right because like you hear about groove metal but groove metal isn't actually groovy it's just got like Rooves, right? They start, they stop. They're kind of funky, but not hip. It's about time um, changes, and dude, you've got Eddie Hazel, who's like this phenomenal guitar player. Like, I don't—he's not like the second coming of anybody. He's not like our modern-day Hendrix or anything like that. But he gets hailed like that. Um, but amazing, amazing guitar player. But the star of the show is this fella named P. Fluid, and he sang for Twenty Four Seven Spies then he left spies and he was replaced by chuck mosley from faith no more started his own band called like the p fluid experience and now as far as i know he's doing nothing or gigging locally for whatever this record soup to nuts is so freaking good um covers all the cool styles very very heavy the opening track is called john Connolly's theory not john Connolly the politician or john Connolly the historian john Connolly from nuclear assault um, and it's a little instrumental track that's super heavy and then the whole rest of the record just kills it so if you don't know it you're you're you blew the 90s man um they got a couple <laughs> other records that are good i don't think the chuck mosley records are good but that's because i don't really like chuck mosley um but p fluid's voice is so freaking killer um, so go check that out. It um, it was like the soundtrack to my life for a long time, not just 1990, um, but beyond. And I'll wake up some days and I'll have a song stuck in my head, and I'm like, "What is that?" And it's a freaking 24/7 Spies record. <laughs> so good.
3: Yeah, and and I think that that continues the theme too. It's like the albums we're picking here from 1990 are like albums we continue to listen to. I think I I, I do the Apple Music, and they got like the the alexa show and it just like i just tell alexa it's like anthrax persistence of time do it and <laughs> do it but we actually we call it by a different name so when you say alexa it doesn't actually do alexa it has an alternate name mm. uh, john you got another one for us i do uh
2: so you know moving into 1990 i think a lot of the bands that we're used to talking about on this show were a little bit adrift um, grunge hadn't fully hit full force yet to sort of quote unquote kill metal as people wrongly uh, you know attribute it to but at the same time metal was starting to get a little bit of a stigma the the you know the the hair and the the spandex of of the back days you know i say that at the same time weren't a huge hit basically
3: cherry pie yeah
2: but yeah but like a lot a lot of our bands were were i think trying to find themselves a little bit and i think i started to lean a little bit more into alternative music around that time we had a great station called live 105 in san francisco (laughs) That broke a lot of alternative bands back then, uh, K-Rock in L.A., same thing. And we had started listening to Jane's Addiction uh, on on the Nothing Shocking record. And I think Jane's was a really good bridge between those worlds. You had Dave Navarro, who at heart is really a metal guitarist. And paired with Perry Farrell, who's this weird sort of Willy Wonka, character, you know, but with with a great band, a great rhythm section behind them, with Eric Avery and Stephen Perkins, they just had everything going correctly. And I think Nothing Shocking was an album that, that started to gain some traction, especially in the alternative scene, but it was still a, maybe a bit more underground, but Ritual Day, Lo habitual blew the doors off. Like, when that album came out, then you had Lollapalooza. Then you had them headlining stadiums, and everyone knew who James Addiction was. And I just think it's a killer record. Like, uh, you know, I think I think Ben caught stealing was the first single. Was um, it that or Stop? stop it's either stop. that or
3: Stop. They they came out with Stop, but like the, the one that really got like so much, almost sort of like ridiculous airplay was like the costumes and the stuff in the grocery store yeah for Bangkok Ben steel ben, yeah and, and didn't that win the, a video award the dog year? barking track to it as well yeah I, I mean three days is on that record ain't no wrong now ain't no right yeah it's, yeah, we, it, it's yeah, really, really killer, killer colin, top to bottom the, colin and i and and david we we all saw them at MMR this uh, previous summer and my gosh like they, like, they missed they the step they skipped the beat it's like they brought they brought a lot of those songs And it's like damn
2: Yeah, I, I saw them this day before 1990 mm-hmm. I saw them on New Year's Eve uh play in San Francisco my friend Nancy and I went and the pixies opened and so it was the pixies and Jane's for New Year's Eve in San Francisco and it was insane like, that was 1990
3: 1990 yeah it was after I, it was it was that, for this tour yeah that would have been fucking epic and again like I, I saw them there at san jose state i think twice um and uh just an incredible fucking band um going back to like hearkening back to our days at the granada once we figured out how to like how how could you play a cassette or a cd and you put it into the sound system of the theater and just blast fucking you know nothing shocking and i was like holy fucking hell <laughs> yeah you know, you know again it was like it was one of those it, because it was uh, be, and again we were all metalheads and stuff and we were unapologetic about this so we were like on that weird precipice where it's like what if we tried something a little bit different where you know it's and, and again we were we were prepped for a little bit of this sort of like uh, you know by our whole experience, maybe like bands like Guns and Roses, like it doesn't sound like Dokken, but the more you listen to it, it's so much better than Dokken. right, David?
1: <laughs> His favorite band.
3: Just say, <laughs> I mean, but David's like, uh, like this table's better than Dokken. Next, yeah, you know, like when, <laughs> when, when, when you when you hear Ocean Size for the first time, you're not <sighs> ready. God, God, it's so good. What the am i listening to i i,
2: I remember um, our our buddy matt troy who, who uh is a faithful listener of the show and and we went to school with matt and i were in junior college together and working on the the college newspaper and this record came out and we would play it and you know you have that spanish intro uh, the you know the the oh, the for, female for the second, spoken right? word intro and yeah. then it goes into stop, and when stop would start, we would just like wreck shop, <laughs> like like th- throw chairs yeah. around the room, and like <laughs> it fucking yeah. awesome, like such a good yeah. album.
3: Yeah, and then, and again, like uh, people might not remember, you know, some of the, the the topics or themes that like activate a song like that. It's a definitely a very anti-corporate, anti, you know, a very pro-environmental song. Um, and then again, like a a lot of those things are part of the, the, the thematics that, that filled up Lollapalooza. And if you're a young person who's just entering college and you're being exposed to like amnesty international for the first time, or, you know, all these other sort of social causes, you, you attach that to the music and it kind of like alter your, your chemistry in a way. It's like, so it's not just about music, brah. It's not just about like drinking beers and like you know bonfires it's just like oh okay okay (laughs) okay all right i ate my first gator sausage at lollapalooza
2: this is another album i'm gonna revisit tomorrow like fear of a black planet talking these albums out you know these these records i don't go back to them very
3: often and i should because this record's awesome are we are
1: we putting out a playlist for today's episode for the fans
3: yeah we could yeah and they, right. they they have not lost much luster these are like and again because we're talking about like 1990s for for cd production they have a lot of really good production to begin with and they've been remastered and stuff um i'm gonna i'm gonna go with uh <coughs> i'm gonna go with my uh because i know john's got like one more in the chamber there i'm gonna go with uh Judas Priest, Painkiller, 1990. It was kind of like a a really sort of interesting and awesome sort of... re. I'm going to say like a re-emergence of the band, but at least as far as as I went, it was like, they're back. Oh my gosh, they're fucking back. Uh, as, As much as anybody these days can still have like affection for uh turbo or ram it down um those were a little sort of like puffy they're a little sort of glammy Dude, this little... album is an apology for turbo man and what what again like the opening track saying like hey dudes it's you know like what? the heaviest ever like, oh, I mean, yeah. Absolutely. just in, in case you haven't figured out like we changed drummers and check this shit out Holy and it comes down it's like you know what we're doing here we're gonna do some full-on sort of like face planting jet metal just double bass and just blow blow the fucking doors off <laughs> and it's like can can this go louder can it go louder oh my god and 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 like the revving engines of uh of downing and Tifted and then and fucking raw fucking at his he rushes
2: the album oh yeah my absolutely.
3: god oh. oh my god and again it, it it was it was it was redemption and again like it's it's not to gainsay anything that they did in that period did or anything they've done thereafter but it just it's, most people will say it's like that was like a sort of like a reckoning for them. Like they realized like, we kind of lost our way here. Yeah. You know, and and again, like they made lots of money. We saw all those tours, we bought all those t-shirts. They were on MTV almost constantly and they would not be on MTV for painkiller at all, except for uh, the the, the really awesome track, uh, the really uh, menacing, haunting track, Touch of Evil. Uh, which, is, which is also on this record. There's
0: another track on this record?
3: Uh, yes. Not just the title track. But the, this, this
0: album's good,
3: Dave.
0: I'll have to get I, it, I own it this It is. Record. I'm not a huge Judas Priest fan, but
2: this is a heavy record.
0: Man, when this record came out, everybody I knew, Judas Priest fans inclusive, credited, uh, who is it, Scott Travis, the Racer X drummer. They were yeah. like, this guy has changed the band and yeah. I, you, you play that track and you're like yeah i got to go with you yeah yeah.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah and and again like so if we're going from like all right so we're listening to Jane's addiction for a little bit and then we're going to listen to a little bob marley and you know the other dorm down the hall and then we're going to come back to paint or it's like holy hell who the fuck am i what kind <laughs> of music do i listen to what is my identity this is not my beautiful I knew This way. Was a weird time, man. This is not man, my house. It's just, it's just so weird. It, but again, it was it was it was like coming coming to Jesus sort of thing. Because as I've said before, like Judas Priest, uh, Defenders of the Faith. That was like that was the leech that like got on me real early, and it was like uh, I'm gonna let it stay there. <laughs> I'm <not> gonna <laughs> I'm feel that it's I'm just gonna let it stay there. And just Suck all of all of my beautiful juices out but uh, a, a great record uh a return to form which is, which is an interesting sort of like quote unquote comeback but uh, again it, it, it actually just shows the sort of like uh, mm, the influence of the 80s metal uh, MTV era stuff we were talking about which is gonna actually at this point we know uh, start to sort of like sink into its own shithole you know bands like warren aren't (laughs) gonna really get any videos played after the cherry pie record right and 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 so many other bands it's definitely extreme past like extreme three they're basically in the shitter as well um and dude you're just tearing up colin's list man. yeah i'm not taking
1: i'm not taking it personally though it's all right
3: they would still put out it's music like, just like it wouldn't be on FM radio anymore. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, John. Well, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it hurt doesn't... me
2: more when he joined Van Halen. Trust me. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, <laughs> Didn't that hurt everybody? <laughs> Man, it's like, oh, we we wasted all this money on putting down this record. Anyhow, but uh, that's my pick. Good pick. Check it out if you haven't heard it in like 30 years. Ram it, down, Ram it down. Actually, I've gone back and listened to Ram it down. It's Excellent much, album. Is actually pretty good, but I think yeah. the the sort of like uh, the hangover aftertaste of like uh, Turbo, just like I, I had no interest in like. Well, let me like drop another fifteen dollars on this. <laughs> <in> like nineteen <laughs> eighty-eight dollars. Ram
0: it down was the first Judas Priest record I ever purchased. And what'd you think of it? I only listened to Johnny Be Good. Oh, my God. right. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: John, John's look of amazement right now is it's good. Disappointment, Colin. Disappointment. You, you, okay. yeah. I thought you were amazed at how much he, you know, he, he did. All right, Colin, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, all, didn't, all, what do you got?
3: Also, I'm going to ask, too, is like, was that a cover song? Of, of course it was. it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. For
2: the feature film, John, it'd be good. does would be good? Yeah. Which right. I actually watched the other day. Kind of like, <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> not gonna lie, with with, 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 with with Michael Anthony Hall and the right. yeah. a
2: first appearance of a young Uma Thurman. And uh, yeah, it's worth the watch. All right, Colin, help us out. Oh,
1: I'm not gonna help you out much, there, <laughs> David. But I'll. But I'm Brace gonna give yourself. you. I'm gonna give you the mighty firehouse. Is what I'm going to give you. That's my that's my number one from self-titled
2: debut, Colin.
1: Self-titled debut. What yeah. a fantastic record, man! And you know it's funny. And I told Baby. the story. I told is this the story before. Lifetime. Wrong, uh, David. Uh, yeah. No, I must say yes, but I'm not sure because they had a couple of albums. They Had a couple uh, of albums? Well, of course they did.
3: Yes. Yeah, love okay. our our house? House? No, yeah there it is okay they had yeah, a couple nice. records
1: they they they, and, they, and, they, and, and they don't treat me bad both of that's those that's songs. the one i knew was on there right yeah here,
2: yeah. That's, yeah. yeah yeah
3: so they they, they barely got what looks ahead, to about, be ahead of
2: the buzzer around a cover that cost about three bucks
1: yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, they
2: got someone. Adobe came out with Photoshop that year, and someone's like, "Let me see if I can put this girl on this picture." Like, yeah, what's your sister doing this weekend?
3: How, how's this? <laughs> like, I don't. and there's going to be a house that's burning, and yeah, it's real bad. he caused it? Is I don't know. It seems about as much Ooh. effort that. Uh, Ozzy and the guys put it to the first 100 oh, percent <laughs> yeah
2: 32 <laughs> years later though Colin's still raising that flag for firehouse but uh, I'm not
1: the only one I'm telling you I, I every time you see him live we saw him at the the uh, winery a couple years ago when uh, Mike and Sheree and I glass went Spyglass Spy Spy Ridge. Ridge yep the crowd loved him my buddy went to see them uh they recently opened for winger up here at Penn's Peak and uh Shane said the crowd again went apeshit for firehouse well, you they know said, never I let her god, that god, god it work.
2: damn it i have to i have to knock this album a little less because all she wrote is on this album Dude, it's a great song <laughs> i love that
0: song I mean, <laughs> i'm putting this on <laughs> yeah
2: there you go they play, they play that on serious all the time and that's like my one firehouse song that i sort of like <laughs> oh you, I love that he says sort of well I like No, I, I don't really like their other songs so much, but like when that one plays I always leave it. Like I okay.
3: I like that one. Alright.
2: So John's
1: knocking it a little
2: less.
3: Yeah. And and, and and to probably to everybody's surprise though too, uh they are big in Japan. And, 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 and in so many other places, they don't even need to tour America, which they do, and everybody fucking drops their panties for them. Yes, they do. Like, all all she
2: wrote kind of sounds like round
3: and round. I was yeah, just going to yeah, say yeah, that. It, it, it really totally sounds like yeah, I didn't yeah. want to ruin it for anybody. No. You're catching on that they're basically the cutout of the cutout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, ta- we talked about them, and
2: especially them in terms of a ballad, I, I said at the time to me, Firehouse feels like it's created in a lab by by a record company. Like almost all the oxygen is gone from the room, and they're like, "Fuck, we got to get one more out." Like yeah. like yeah. the the, right. the, one more. the elevator door is shutting, and if like if we don't get one more
3: out, we're all
2: gonna <laughs> lose our jobs. And they're like,
3: "What about hey, Pretty Boy hey, Floyd?" Get yeah, Pretty Boy hey, Floyd We, in we there just too. got
2: this shitty cassette. Look at this cover, and they're like, "Yeah, uh, does it have a ballad?" Yeah science gotcha yeah <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh wayne
3: isham you know can you do the video
1: <laughs> so to me know. again I, you know sing it from t to b as mike says it's fantastic i just love i love me some
3: firehouse and Y'all? Uh, not, i'm not ashamed to say it yeah and again like they, they still put on like a top-notch performance mostly original members the great mm-hmm. songs that make everybody Go back to like Colin's Sunshine little place, and it's like yeah. fuck, good. And they're like, we we went to to the show there at the the Spyglass Winery in the middle of Bumpuck, uh Pennsylvania, and it's like people responded to this shit. They were like, they were like the closer on that day, and it's like, yeah. okay, all right. I'm not doesn't make me like a believer, but it's like good. That's good. You, you're not you're not faking. You're not like putting out shitty music that. You know, like with like old fat slobs out there. They're like, oh, they're even, not even going to mention his name. But anyhow, <laughs> stealing our money. That's right. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna move on from uh, Firehouse and uh, go to everyone's uh, last pick. I think is where we're at, eh? We yep. are. Yep. What no, we got here, was, uh... Uh, Start with David, or
0: no? We started was... with Colin. That was yeah, his that was last, my last pick. pick. Oh, okay, thank- okay. Thankfully. I, mean, I don't know. Like- <laughs> Come on, Extreme okay. Warren
1: Firehouse, baby. That's the hat extreme trick. Extreme Warren Firehouse, the hat trick.
0: I will go look for it right now. Yeah, those three oh, bands are playing at head. like Allentown Catholic this weekend uh, after the uh, That's right. after the wrestling show. <laughs> they, they play halftime at the girls' soccer games. They pass out all the orange wedges. <laughs> <laughs> They're not allowed to bring the hot dog can anymore. Soccer moms love Firehouse, David. <laughs> What you got that's not Firehouse. man, I got the heat, man. I got the heater. I loved this record from the very first moment I heard it. Primus' Frizzle Fry. Yeah. What a ripper, man. What a great record. You can't hate this record. Um, I mean, the first you're time like, yeah. you hear it, you can. But like the <laughs> second time, it's like eating a triscuit, like right, like the first every, one every, like, everybody else all already the spit out of it. your mouth. But then you're like once once you get your spit back, you're like, oh, I got to get another one of those." um well maybe. yeah no it's it's um you've got you've got a little trio right you've got Larry Larry Lalonde from uh, from possessed you've got um, you've got herb the drummer and you've got uh, Les Claypool who at this point no most folks had not heard of them um, they go backwards they get suck on this which is the live record we find out they're a little bit obsessed with rush but we still like him anyway
2: yeah I mean I was good Primus is rush on drugs.
0: <laughs> dude, Primus is yeah, rush off of drugs. drugs. Like they <laughs> yeah. did a lot of drugs, and then they stopped, or something. Big, yeah, big no, sounds on this record, dude. John the Fisherman, dude. dude this record, everything has got something. Like if you listen to this record straight through without really paying attention to like what the songs are, like where the breaks are, you can't remember where all the good stuff is. Like all oh, you be like, oh, where's that killer? Like where he's just playing the bass so freaking hard that it starts distorting and you can hear his fingers like hitting the pickups on Groundhog's Day when they're just like wailing. Um, Everything about this record is what I like to hear. Like you can hear the fingers on the strings. You can hear like the face up against the microphone. Um, He's got little asides that if you're really paying attention, um, you hear this great stuff. And if you're not paying attention, it's just really good music. It's it's clever, it's smart, um, it's super well-written, and it doesn't... Um, you know, the, the opening track, To Defy the Laws of Tradition, it really follows that line. Now, I'll say I've got a love-hate relationship with Primus in that they drink a lot of their own Kool-Aid kind of going forward. Their next record, Sailing the Seas of Cheese very overproduced very over the top they bring in tom waits to do the voice of tommy the cat they get the videos and the animatronics and all that crap i don't care about that stuff i like the old school primus sucks get up on stage with your big freaking you know custom uh custom ken smith bass and just beat the hell out of it that's kind of where i'm coming from um but this, you know, put all of my own, you know, biases and judgments aside, and this record alone um, really captures what the 90s was for me, which was like really raw and a little bit confusing <laughs> and fun. Um, and just kind of like the way, I, the way I played back in the 90s, the music I listened to, kind of like the life I was living, just very intense and raw and that's how I remember nineteen ninety. So this record is, is perfect for me as my number one. Yeah.
3: And did, and did Brob did was Bobby Brown in any of their videos or anything? With like a fire no. hose
0: or like No, they had like one video where they were fishing on
3: the back yeah. of a boat. And they're like really sort of like handsome dudes in like leathers. He's got like
0: a squirrely mustache and like hip waiters yeah they look right
3: like um okay so things are changing things yeah. are changing and I, I remember like the first time i heard frizzle fried was like uh, it was probably matt hunter had brought it over it was like, check this shit out and i was like oh my gosh this is intense and it is really different but it was yeah. like But it it has like that stomp, stomp. There's nothing like a good three-piece. You you go all the way back to like Cream, I guess, if you want to. And it's just like boom, boom, boom. It's like there's nothing to like get in the way of the intensity of the music. And and whatever the lyrics are, and again, like, yeah. So Primus doesn't really get too deep or, you know, whatever. It's not like listening to Rush. It's not like listening to Rush. But in the same way, it's like it's just as powerful because like all the musicians are like contributing to like this nexus of sound. And it's just sort of like it's it's mesmerizing. And yeah, I remember, efforts, I remember
2: seeing them around this time because they're a Northern yeah. California band. And it's yeah. like so, you know, Live 105 i think they played some stuff from frizzle fry like a little bit you know they when when uh sailing the seeds of cheese came out they started to play yeah. that more but yeah. like
3: it was, it was with nona and her big brown beaver and stuff and johnny yeah was the and, and tommy like, the cat you know
2: played and 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 this and that but i remember seeing them live 105 did some sort of like not a showcase but like uh, just some smaller bands of, yeah. of the time at like one step beyond, or something like that, in the yeah. Bay Area, and it was like them and like uh, Mojo Nixon.
4: Oh and, shit!
2: And Mojo I want to say they might be giants. That might have been a different show, but it was like it was that sort of show. It was yeah. like all these new alternative
3: bands, and like yeah. they crushed. They yeah, they were and, really great. And and see that was that was the thing too. And again, like you just you just translate like the, the metal sort of like. Uh, uh, tape trading culture, and it's like this is a band, they're not really big, they're not on MTV, they're not on the radio. But you just like go to a party and you put it into someone's boom box, and you'd be like, Holy shit, you would alter lives! And then people would be like, Let's, let's, yes, there's something else out there, there's something else that's going on, which yeah. doesn't have anything to do with like corporate rock uh it doesn't have anything to do with uh you know what MTV wants you to watch which is basically watch uh Guns N' Roses do uh you know the fucking uh, heaven's gate <laughs> song over and over again heaven's door song over yeah having and, and heaven's then, gates the tapioca with the nike's uh yes and lots <laughs> of sleeping pills <laughs> and Hail Bop. that would be that would be much later when we when we come to like uh Ninety six, I think we'll probably touch on that. That'll be fun. But uh, okay, so we got to get into uh John. Your next pick and my pick align in uh, interesting do. ways. Yeah. So
2: my pick, you know, in the in because the past, they're
3: the two albums that were stolen from your car.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the past, you know, I've talked about my love of Pearl Jam, and uh, I think of the of the bands that really came into their own and became big in that in that decade of the 90s pearl jam is is my favorite band of that time and and i still listen to them and, and we'll go see them and buy their new records that said this album makes me sort of wish pearl jam had never happened because that, the album i'm talking about is mother love bones apple and Apple was a release that got put out. So, uh, Mother Love Bone was a band from the Seattle area. Uh, Jeff Ament and Stone Gossard were in the band, and their singer, Andrew Wood, uh, died from a heroin overdose before Apple was released. And like Jane's Addiction, I feel like Mother Love Bone had those elements of metal, of alternative rock. They were, they were, a combination of so many different sounds. And this album is just magical. And I really lament the fact that I never got to see them. I never got to hear another album. This is it. They have this album that like if you want to hear Mother Love Bone, that's it. And so, you know, once Andrew died, Temple of the Dog came out and that was, uh, you know, sort of a a tribute to Andrew. And that's when you first had the joinings of Eddie Vedder with the other members of Mother Love Bone that eventually turned into Mookie Blaylock, eventually turned into Pearl Jam. But, you know, all these guys were just roommates. You know, I, they, they all knew one another. And it's like, you know, it, it's like, I, I think Eddie Vedder was like a roommate of Chris Cornell. And Chris Cornell was involved in the Temple of the Dog Project. And it's like, oh, we should bring in this guy too. And that grew Pearl Jam. That said, I think Apple is just incredible. Uh, from top to bottom and I, I would say that's probably my number one record of 1990
1: wow i they yeah. have, i'm a little confused Did, how many they only had one album right they have one album they, they had, like, a, they had an ep before that called shy uh, yeah maybe that's what i because i don't recognize the cover of apple i'll be honest i must have missed this along the way but i do remember having a mother love bone album yeah and it, has, it has like a purple purple cover or something doesn't it uh, for shine, for the EP, yeah. What's the EP? It's called Shine. Yeah,
2: it, it's got like uh Andrew Wood has. He's like reaching out his hand. It, it says that's Mother like Love Bone along the side, it and says it, it's black just it's Andrew black Wood and on the cover.
1: Yeah, it's got a purple top, but it's got a bunch of stuff on
2: it. It's got it's a bunch. Got, of It's got like five songs, four songs. Okay, like yeah, that's like the, that's Chloe the Dancer and Crown of Thorns is on Shine. That that ends up moving over to to the full release of Apple. Okay. Uh, later on. But yeah, I, you know, this album was released on Mercury records. Like they had all the makings of a band that would have done extremely well in that arena. It, it, it wouldn't have not been of stretch to see mother love bone playing just under Jane's addiction at Lollapalooza or whatever that may have been at the time. Like they would have been that band.
3: So little story here. Um, I was hanging out with all my dirty, uh, dirtbag, heavy metal friends and stuff in San Jose. We used to call it just Tovar because that was the name of the street and stuff. Matt Hunter and Larry and his brother Jerry and all these other sort of like Rob and all these other, other wonderful dudes. and we would just hang out in the garage smoke cigarettes we'd smoke cigarettes in the house and we just you know put them out on the fucking carpet and stuff it was a place where it was just sort of like it was a party crash place this is yeah definitely 1990 and uh a friend of mine's like dude i think it was rob it was definitely rob was like, you have to listen to this and i'm like yeah we gotta go it's like i made a dub for you already remember mixtapes it's like also, I put something else on the other side. You listen to it, you'll like it, too. I'm like, okay. All right, cool. Thank you, bro. What he had put on the, the other side, of course, turned out to be this band called the uh, uh, Nirvana, and the album was called Bleach. He's like, you'll like it. Just listen to it. I'm like, okay. Yeah, whatever. Cool. Fine. But on the other side was Mother Love Bone, Apple. And to this day... Ray and I, we know every song, every little itch, every little lyric, everything. It's like, it is a gorgeous, beautiful fucking album. And, and, and maybe it's like the same sort of thing where you say like, you know what? James Dean never made a bad movie. It's like, yeah, because he only made three. Right. Okay. But like, but even then you, you kind of got a sense that there was something happening in the area. Gossard and, and the men, of course, were with uh, mark arm in, in green river they're part of that whole scene that whole scene is so much more complex than anybody uh, except for like uh, a couple of uh, music scholars who have studied the area which where there's no reference at all to like alice in chains or Soundgarden or uh screaming trees they're looking at like the thing that's like all the sort of like funk and punk and just sort of eclecticism which is the Seattle scene so like if people want to claim again to like go back to John's point that like grunge killed metal it's like you know what I remember watching uh, Headbangers Ball and uh, Axel not Axel, it was uh, Ricky Rockman saying like now we're gonna play a video here by uh, Axel Rose's favorite band from Seattle and you know what it wasn't Reich. it was Alice in Chains so if you haven't heard mother love bone goddamn, you should totally check it out it's not gonna it, it's gonna take a while for it to change your life but uh it is definitely very awesome it's a little i guess we would call it like it's 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 it's, it's a difficult record to describe andy wood is like a really interesting lyricist and personality it's very it, absolutely he was he was The Seattle version
2: of David Lee Roth.
3: There you go. took the fucking words out of mouth. That's what he was. He's like he's he's witty. He's funny. He's sincere. All
0: right, fine. Irreverent. You've (laughs) never heard this album? (laughs) I'm I'm sure I've heard this. I I don't own this record. I'm sure you've heard
2: at least. least I'm sure I've heard it. Yeah. 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 I mean, the thing is, is like if you do want to catch up on Mother Love Bone, it doesn't take long. They don't (laughs) have that much recording, and honestly. There's not even that much video of them playing. Like it, it's, yeah, it's a band that did not
3: leave a, a huge footprint to catch up on sadly. And uh, and, and and the and the album so weird. Uh, the, the album Temple of the Dog that was released as a tribute, recorded and released as a tribute to Andy Wood, was Chris Cornell like picking up the pieces and saying like, "Hey guys, let's let's do something else here and try to like." Uh, you know let's just keep making music let's remember andy let's see if we can uh, you know continue to not necessarily monetize but like just keep things going and uh it, i think it was it was gossard who had sent a tape of like some music to this surfer in san diego named eddie not eddie truck not eddie truck <laughs> Sure. Michael, lead into your final record. So the, so the final record, Axl Rose's favorite Seattle band was Allison Chains. It's like, holy fuck. Well, if Axl endorses it, I must needs check this out. And uh, of course. And he was right. Yes, he, he was. was. Quiet. And Atlantic was like really big pushing this shit. And whoever was else on the. You know, the, the hair metal train at that point came into the studio offices and was going like, why is there a bunch of like, and I think as Kix remembers, there's like a great interview that they had recently where they're like, wait a second, we're on Atlantic. Why isn't there kick stuff up on here? Well, my fuse like sold like 3 million records. And it's and? like, who is Alison change? Like flavor of the month.
1: But, the future, uh, son.
3: The writing was literally on the wall, and again, there there is nothing like your first sort of like witnessing of what Allison Chains was like. If you see like some of their early live stuff, or what whatever we were able to see, which was basically "We Die Young," the open al- 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 uh, album opener, and uh, they're in the swim pool with the plastic over them. Like, Wait a second. You know this is not what the cherry pie guys do at all these <laughs> guys are like we die young it's like these guys are like oh they're bringing scary back and yes they sing about how scary's on the wall <laughs> and scary's coming for you and lane staley's vocals with jerry cantrell's guitars i mean there is not much better combination this side of like peanut butter and chocolate it just just fucking smack you right in the face and just make you think like thank you Jesus but also not thank you Jesus it was awesome to, to discover this band uh, in, in, in this sort of way and, and again Atlantic was great Like it, it wasn't even like uh, I think when John like repurchased the stolen rack there's like oh and this one the, the long box remember the long box oh, absolutely. Now, yeah. <laughs> now it comes with the VHS tape <laughs> which includes like some live footage of them up there in Seattle. And it is grand. And do I still have this VHS tape? Of course you do. Of course I do. Yeah. And you watch it still. Uh, yeah. I, I have like, I only have three VCRs, but I haven't like plugged them in yet. Yeah. This but, was uh, another band that I think
2: it perfectly encapsulates that bridge between metal and what music is headed towards. I, you know, we saw, for the four novel carnal knowledge tour, Dan Halen took Alice and Chains out as their opening act on that tour. The very next year, uh, you know, after after this album, and it's like, you know, I as as they became lifelong friends, Jerry Cantrell and Eddie Dan Halen were entwined, like until Eddie passed away, and uh, you know, like he he was a huge fan of them as well, like. Uh, and I would say with with their new singer, you know, the singer who is who is now permanently replaced Blaine Staley, I think they're still doing great work. Oh, yeah. I, I, I saw have them have a couple years ago. They were, yeah, they were great
1: lives still. Yeah. When I saw them in 92 with Ozzy and Motorhead, they bombed in Allentown <clears> that people did not like them at all because it was very low key for an opening act. This was you know you got a motorhead crowd they were not interested in hearing rooster and the vibe that they were laying down and they the the joke at the time was they were like we're not fucking nelson why are you guys responding (laughs) to us like this but
2: the first time mike and i saw them was at Lollapalooza, and lane was strung out mm -hmm. like they basically just sat him on the stage monitor
3: and it was not good yeah I, i i i think i saw them maybe prior to that uh, and Easter's coming up because I remember it was like Easter Sunday and oh, I saw okay. the, the San Jose State Event Center with uh, Circle of Power. Remember that, nice, Right. Yeah. And shit, 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 shit. Uh, Blackout in the White Room. Who sang that? Dunno. Okay. Okay, so that the band that... The, anyhow, but like they were like such an intense experience it's like and again like you listen to like their music the the riffs that cantrell brings it's like it's not it, 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 people who say like oh that's grunge music and they want to distinguish that from like warrant as metal or they want to distinguish that from like i gain say like uh like 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 metallica it's like how how is that not heavy metal? It's like and to my own sort of like naive ears when I'm like popping this into my Bu- Buick Skyhawk and just like hey, let's do some facelift here. It's like it was metal to me, just like listening to Soundgarden when I first. I was like, it's a little different, but man, the riffs, the power of it, you know. And then then you you pop in a little sort of like uh, you know Fear of a Black Nation. It's like all right. Now we're talking. 1990 got weird. It got weird on everybody. Everybody's lives, it seems, were a little altered, a little shook.
1: There's our there's our summation for the episode. 1990 got weird.
3: It got weird. It got weird. It got weird. That was and again, like it wasn't the year that the music died. It was. It was just maybe we changed. Uh, maybe the music uh, became a little bit more inclusive and people you know like you know david has has popped out but like you get into frizzle fry you get into some you know uh uh some bands that you weren't otherwise you know seen on mtv um and you were in college or you're in different avenues where it's like all right this is this is cool yeah all right john bring us down all right guys like uh you know, like we've talked about,
2: uh, 1990 was a, uh, a year of finding our footing. And I think the music industry was as too, but, uh, I think there isn't a record that we talked about tonight that wasn't worth revisiting. So, uh, yeah. you know, we're going to post all those and, um, give them a spin. If you haven't re listen to them, if you have, and, uh, we hope you enjoyed 1990 with us for Michael Stamps, Colin Bosler, David Timoney checked out a little early and myself, John Harden. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts If you get us, a- get a chance follow us on instagram at metal podcast follow us on twitter at m a m h pod and join us on facebook for daily fun thanks again and we'll see you next week
3: (laughs) god damn they don't make them like they used to fucking
0: 80s man best shit ever
3: Uh, put your ass man guns and roses the rule crew
0: yeah
3: then that cobain pussy had to come around and ruin it all
0: like there's something wrong with wanting to have a good time. No,
3: I'll tell you something, I hated the fucking 90s. <laughs> 90s
4: fucking sucks. 90s fucking sucks.